0: A written transcript of this episode is provided by Starburst. For more information, you can see the show notes. Welcome to Data Mesh Radio with your host, Scott Hurlman, sponsored by Starburst. This is Adrian Estala, VP of Data Mesh Consulting Services at Starburst and host of Data Mesh
1: TV. Starburst is the leading sponsor for Trino, the open source project, and Jamak's Data Mesh book, delivering
0: Data-Driven Value at Scale. To claim your free book, head over to starburst.io. Data Mesh Radio is provided as a free community resource by Data Mesh Understanding. It is produced and hosted by me, Scott Hurlman. I started this podcast as a place for practitioners to get useful information about Data Mesh, and we're at over 200 episodes. I've now left data stacks. You know, Thanks In response to some listener feedback, I'm changing up the formats a little bit of the interview episodes. If you want an extended summary of the episode, you can listen to the Sunday weekly summaries and programming notes episodes. And going forward, the episode summaries in front of each episode are going to be considerably shorter. Just some key points uh, about what I might have learned, or some interesting highlights from each episode. Bottom line up front, what are you going to hear about and learn about in this episode? I interviewed Jean-Michel Coyer, who's the head of the data practice at the consulting company Sourced Group. Jean-Michel shared his simple three-question framework for driving good collaboration with data consumers and ensuring data project product success. The questions are designed specifically to be non-confrontational and promote working together with someone making a data request. After each question, he also explains why he is asking the question. So it is viewed as collaborative clarification instead of pushing for justification. Why why do you even want this? (laughs) Is this really usable versus setting the, the tone for collaboration? So his questions are, number one, Do you know what this is for? Number two, do you know who is going to use it? And number three, do you know how they are going to use it? Joe michel developed his three-question framework after watching people struggle for years to properly request data and or for the data team to properly understand the use case of data consumers. So they were delivering solutions that did not meet business needs, which wastes everyone's time. Oftentimes, the technical person wouldn't ask the right questions or they couldn't even get to the end consumer of of the data, so they didn't really understand the reasons for the data ask, which meant that what they delivered wasn't as complete as it could have been. The first question, do you know what this is for, helps to set the tone. It is not, why do you want this, which often makes people defensive. This question is to ensure there is a legit use case and clarity around what the person asking for this data and what the actual end user wants. Second question, do you know who is going to use it, further clarifies that there is a stakeholder. If there isn't a specific person or persons that will use it, don't build it. The final question, do you know how they're going to use it, drives towards specifics so you can move away from That direct requests, where it's just kind of, you know, fill out this form and I'll hit all these check boxes. It moves towards collaborating on finding a better solution. As the data provider, you could even suggest additional data and add value to that. And again, after asking each question, he recommends providing an explanation of why you are asking. This isn't pushback, it's information gathering. And when you do deliver, on your data project or product or whatever, be prepared for that stakeholder to ask, so what? We are driving towards data-informed decisions, so what does the data inform us about? If you asked the right questions up front, you should be able to understand, so what, and be able to help them with insights, which... Forms better relationships, and it's probably also a pretty good thing for that data provider's career to be seen as somebody that's really adding a lot of value. So, with that, let's go ahead and jump into the episode. Okay, enough of just me. Let's hear from our awesome guest in this interview episode. Very, very excited for today's episode. I've got Jean-Michel Courreau, which I, I know I murdered, but uh, <laughs> people can call him JM. He's he's uh, uh, allowed that uh, thing when, when dealing with uh, people who aren't as, as uh, good at, at pronouncing French. Um, and he is the head of the data practice at the consulting company, The Source Group. Um, and he's got a long history in kind of data and, and helping companies out to really figure out what they're doing with data and and leverage that data. So we're going to be covering a couple of different things today. Um, and it's what what I'm really looking forward to from this conversation and why I had asked uh, Jean-Michel to, to come on was his approach to thinking about dealing with people outside of the technical side, right? The really business folks. So when we talk in Data Mesh, especially about the domain folks, He's got a really good framework about um, kind of actually working with them and, and extracting from them the information they need, but like forming that that good strong relationship, so we can have that. Good context exchange instead of speaking completely different languages. Uh, you know, speaking of French and English, um, and then we're we're gonna cover some different things as well about you know, kind of the if you store it, value will come, and how that that's just kind of a, a silly mindset, and how we need to to kind of move away from that and and the the value or the data value chain. So. But uh, with all that, as kind of the upfront, uh, Jean-Michel, if you don't mind giving people a bit of a background into yourself, and then we can kind of jump into the conversation at hand.
1: Uh, sure. Uh, thank you for having me, Scott. Uh, I have been in Singapore for about uh, 11 years, so just to uh, to help people uh, locate where I am sitting uh, in, this, uh, in this world. Uh, before that, uh, I lived in Germany for nine years. And before that, I was uh, uh, leading pre-sale in a technology firm as well, uh, based in Boston in the U.S. So I've been in analytics for about uh, 12 years, and that's me. That's
0: great. And and so you've got kind of a broad uh, world perspective as well of how people in different uh, places and organization types work. So, um, So we were talking about you've got kind of a framework about three great questions to ask that when dealing with the business person, but let's, let's talk about kind of how you arrived upon that. Cause I know what a big pushback, um, that I'm having or, or a big kind of blocking point that a lot of people are telling me within data mesh is that they're struggling when dealing with the business people, especially getting them bought in that they should, um, that they should be either providing data or they should be even just providing the context. So let's talk about kind of what you were doing before you developed this framework and uh, how that kind of worked out and what what that's led to with your, your framework, kind of these three simple questions. So if you, if you don't mind kind of giving people some-
1: Sure. Documents. I think it's because of my, uh, my background. I started uh, in analytics with dashboards. That was my entry point in analytics. Uh, back in, uh, well, almost 15 years ago now, uh, my first dashboard, and I had to ask questions about KPIs. And as a technical person, I was not super comfortable asking questions about what type of KPI uh, you want to, to see. And people couldn't explain to me what they wanted to to see. And I had to come up with something. And then the, the person uh, I was talking to uh, in charge of credit card uh, could say no. Uh, this is not what uh, I want to see, but had hard time to say what they wanted to see. And then as I evolved, uh, looking at uh, more uh, statistical computing behind the scene and doing uh, machine learning, I keep having those same questions that I try to, to ask people, w- why you want to do it? I mean, uh, uh, what is... Uh, what is the reason you want this type of KPIs? And then as I mature a little bit and understanding the business, especially uh, capital market at that time, then a little bit more in retail banking and then uh, telecommunications, I started to have more business-related questions like how do you want to, uh, to segment uh, your customer? Do you have a, a longer long time value for uh, your customer uh, that is already computed those type of things and then I started to to lead a few uh, analytics team and ask my team member to ask the same questions or ask uh, sales people to ask the same question to uh, uh, to the people uh, they were dealing with however the challenge is the analytic uh, people the, the technical people at hard time to come up with the right questions they couldn't figure out uh, how to ask how you are going to uh, segment your customer for two reasons. First, technical people may not talk to the right person who can answer to the question. So they were stuck. So they couldn't pass the first question. And uh, second, uh, technical person, usually uh, they prefer technology, otherwise, it would work in the business side of things. So that led me to trying to figure out what would be the simplest way I could help my team understanding what the customer was trying to achieve. And I came up with just three questions, uh, which are uh, typical coffee chat questions. And this is how I uncover a lot of uh, Uh, business reason of doing things while I was on site. Um, I used to do uh, a lot of coffee chat session when I was in in Germany at some uh, customer. You know, you sit in the cafeteria when you are on a six months project, and then everybody sees you, and then you have coffee chat questions with everybody. Uh, Same thing, uh, my first engagement a few years back in uh, Kuala Lumpur in Malaysia. I was sitting in the canteen. And this is where uh, you can meet uh, uh, most of the people because they don't have to book a room. And it's more free chat. And what type of question I could ask with this kind of coffee chat, a question that you ask during a conversation, not an interrogatory type of questions, like you go to the police station and the policeman <laughs> asks you uh, a 20 questions and you have to answer, which usually uh, people wouldn't do in a, in a meeting settings. So the, the first one I tried to come up with, and which was very popular, is do you know what is it for? I always found people who are uh, looking at information, collecting data. And because I need to help them how to do it, the first question I am asking is, do you know what is it for? Like, just curious. I'm not asking why you want to do that. Because that would question what they are doing. That would question the raison d'etre of their job. And I don't want to be offensive. But what is it for is? just curious and I explain if I know what is it for I'm going to be able to help you better to collect maybe not exactly this information but the adjacent information that is also useful for your use case so if I know what is it for I can help you to have a, to do your job better and usually it resonates with the technical people and sometimes, they didn't ask themselves the questions, and they realized, "Yeah, you're right." Let me ask a question, and then they go and, and run, and come back with an answer. Oh, now I know. Okay, so that's good. Well, here's my second question for you.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I, and I think I think that's an interesting point because what you said as well of the the non-offensive, which you're not pushing back, you're 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 just asking the. And, and it, I guess if you, you ask someone, do you know what it's for versus like kind of, can, can you please tell me what it's for? You know what I mean? Like it, you, you yeah. can figure out how that phrasing works, but exactly what, what you're saying, you know, you, you could put that uh, wording in, in a way that's going to be combative, but like coming at it from a non-combative point of view, I think is, is the exact right thing because then somebody isn't defensive they're not going to say well because i want it right it doesn't it doesn't flip that switch of requirements exchange versus the conversational exchange and that you can kind of go into that collaborative negotiation around oh here's what you're trying to accomplish well I've got some extra data that might be useful in this. Would this be helpful to you? Or, you know, oh, okay, I get what you're what you're trying to get at. Um, this thing already exists, or this, you know, this is a way of looking at it, but I don't think it actually gets what you want. Have you looked at this to help you to to frame your your question? And then let's look at reuse and things like that. I think it, it sets up for a, like you said, it that coffee chat type of interaction instead of the combative or the you give me what I want.
1: <laughs> yeah, especially in the, you, you can realize you are in a meeting room and then uh, you are kind of a policeman asking a bunch of questions uh, as a consultant uh, to people who see you the first time and they wonder why they w- should ever answer to any of your questions because, well, this is their job. And you are just here to help them, not asking twenty thousand questions.
0: You're kind of a, you can be kind of seen as a gatekeeper to the information they need, and that you're 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 making them jump through hoops instead of that collaboration. And and I liked when we were talking about this, especially I like the the way that the tone of this sets is that collaboration. I think. You know, uh, when we talk about data mesh negotiation, but collaborative negotiation is, is very helpful because it's like, oh, you want this, this one, you know, you want these 15 parts of, of, of data. Well, you know, number eight is going to take us an extra eight weeks. We can get, you know, you know uh, the other 14 in, in six weeks, but the other one is going to, you know, kind of double up our time. Is that really a value to you? And it, I think that transitioning into that kind of collaborative exchange of context, instead of, okay, we'll give you what we think you want, instead of like, let's let's make sure we're both headed down the right path. I, I like where this is headed. So um, do you have anything you wanted to add further on the, the first question, or do you want to jump uh,
1: into the second? No, I, I was going to, to move to the second question to help out when we are stuck on the first one. Because sometimes... People don't know what is it for, and they don't know how to answer your question. So then I come up with a second one is, well, if you don't know uh, what is it for, do you know who is going to use it? And that usually uh, lead to either some kind of example or use case on how people are going to uh, take the data, uh, data forward. So usually, uh, if it's a business uh, head of business uh, lines, uh, you end up uh, people looking at some dashboard of some sort with some uh, KPI. So back to my original uh, uh, background, uh, starting analytics with dashboard and KPIs. So this is where the second question uh, I came up with. uh, Who is going to use it? It leads to the end user. That means if you build a data platform and you have a data mesh approach, if you don't know who is going to use it, well, that's a problem. Because you have no guarantee that what you do is going to fit uh, the purpose of why you are doing it. It's like you built a house, and you don't know how people are going to use it. So you decide to put three bedrooms, one kitchen, and three bathroom, And then you realize that the family that comes has only one kid. They don't plan to have another one. There are two people. And three-bedroom maybe doesn't cut it. But you didn't know, because you didn't know who was going to use it. So same thing when uh, we collect data. If we don't know who is going to use it, it's difficult to have a remote ID on how is it going to be used, which is the third question.
0: Do you find with that second question that when they answer who is going to use it, that you should then go talk to that end user as well? Because what 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 I've been finding with like it seems like it's it's a silly, you know, kind of life hack, data mesh hack of um that of going to and, and stop playing telephone between the, the, you know, the data engineering folks are the telephone between the consumers and the the producers. And it's like, well, what do you mean the consumers and the producers never speak? Have you found that because that, that can kind of undercut the person that's coming to you and making the ask as well. So like, how have you found dealing with that to make sure that you're aligning with what that person is telling you, but also what the end consumer is, is,
1: is looking at? Uh, <clears throat> at the beginning, I was asking more about uh, who is the end user? Uh, blunt question. Upfront. Mm-hmm. Who is the end user and what are they going to do with that? And then uh, that was a little bit too confrontational where basically it's too obvious that I want to skip the person I am talking to, and I want to talk directly to the end user because I believe I may have uh, more information from the end user as well. However, by asking, "Do you know who is going to use it?" and I'm explaining why I am interested in that uh, in that answer, I don't undercut, really, the person I'm talking to, I'm, I'm making them part of the journey, part of the conversation. Because the next proposal is, well, here is how uh, you could help me to identify this person. And I am going to empower the person in front of me in order to identify those people. And I try to uh, to have the person in front of me leading the journey to get introduced. Because obviously, uh, if I am a consultant uh, in uh, in the company, uh, the person in front of me is not going to introduce uh, random uh, new people to his boss or to an end user who is kind of uh, maybe has a lot of requirements and knows to be a little bit harsh. Because the person in front of me is living in that company, it's their job. Uh, tomorrow I can escape, I can leave as a consultant, but that person will still be there.
0: Yeah, I, I think, I don't know if you've ever seen the um, movie Office Space, but there's a guy whose job is is um, to take the requirements from... Um, you know, the engineering department to, I think the sales department or customer service, and they're like, okay, so you, you physically take the, the, you know, paper requests. He's like, well, sometimes I do it myself, but usually it's, it's my assistant that's doing it. And they're like, but what is it that you do here? And so like that question, if you ask it in the wrong way, I could see it being exactly kind of what you said of undercutting them. And, and what is it you, you do here? I'm just trying to, and around you versus like, let's make sure we're all in this together and that I'm serving what you need, but serving, you know, serving your end user is serving your needs better than anything else. So let's make sure we're all kind of in alignment and, and then that happy kind of all teamwork together. So I, I like the approach, especially instead of just like um, who is the end user versus like, do you know who's, who's going to use it? Like, you know, I, I think it
1: softens it a lot more, right? Yeah, like uh, like a coffee chat. Yes. And, and the, the last one is, when, and I always explain, uh, do you know how they are going to use it? And I always explain, the reason I am asking is we may have an opportunity, potentially, like to build two dashboards instead of one, or to suggest something there is always a case where uh, a data analysis practitioner is invited to, to a meeting to present the result of any kind of study. And in some cases, you present, for example, a dashboard or a graph or a, like a logistic regression or whatever. And the business stakeholder is looking at you and ask you, so what? What should I do? And the analytic practitioner, usually they are not necessarily from the business side. They don't know. And on the other side, the business leaders expect those analytic practitioner to suggest business decision. It may not be fair uh, to uh, data people (laughs) who are not running the business but at some point uh, I believe uh, we need to be able to suggest a couple of things even if we don't run the business so if we want to be partner with business leaders especially in a data mesh approach where the domain is very important the domain in which we collect uh, the data we process it and we render it or we make it consumable by the business leaders In this data mesh construct, we really need to understand how the business is going to use the data. And we need to be able to make some proposal to them, even if we don't run the business.
0: Yeah. And I think that context exchange, you know, you have to, there are business people who aren't willing to give enough to get, you know, you've got to give the context to get the valuable information. And so if you're stuck in that place, you're kind of, you know, there's nothing really you can do to uh, convince uh, that person to play nicely versus, you know, do that. But I think most people understand that and most people understand that it's, hey, I'm trying to make sure I serve you best. So like, let's talk about this. And and I, what I've found, um, in kind of whenever I'm dealing with data, I'll surface two or three insights where I say, hey, I saw this from this different perspective. You know, you asked me to do this, but I saw these two or three other things that kind of popped up, right? I wasn't just doing the task at hand. I was I was looking for insights. And and so I understood what you were trying to look for. This is additional context or, or here might be an additional data source or you know the the way that you were hoping the data to shape out. You know, you might talk to a data scientist and you say, "Well, the way you were hoping for this to shape out, it it doesn't really sh- it doesn't really shape that way." But let's approach it from this other angle, and and let's get at it from here. Are three different you know data sources that we might get to get to the same answer and the same question instead of here's the thing, drop it on your desk and leave, right? Like, and and within data mesh we want consumers to get out of the kind of report consumption style right where it you the only, you're you're consuming the insights it's like you should be consuming more data to drive your own insights but one that's not going to happen all the time two you know if you can provide those insights for somebody you're shortcutting for them if you've already if, if it takes you an extra minute or two to actually review what this looks like, you, you might have some additional insight and then it gives you that business context to add more value. And that person's going to talk you up to other people too. So it's good for yeah. your, your team and your career and all that. So, um, but yeah, like I would love to, do you have any specific advice on how to handle if people are, are pushing back on any of these questions or, 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 where the conversation can go or, or where you found it most successful to kind of take it when you're just using this? Because it is a simple framework, but it, I think it feels powerful.
1: Yeah, uh, maybe uh, two two things. Each time I ask a questions, I almost always say, literally, the reason I am asking is, and I explain. And I say, the reason I am asking because I try to justify everything I do all the time. So the person in front of me or beside me in a coffee chat uh, will understand where I am coming from. So it's super important. It's, I mean, it's the empathy. You, you, you need to understand each other where we are coming from. So that's the first aspect. Each time I ask a question, and I don't ask two questions in a row without uh, going into some explanation. And the, the second aspect is when I am asking, do you know how they're going to use it? In fact, I prepare myself for the key questions once I am in front of uh, any, uh, any business leader. Well, I would love to understand better how you are going to use it. And in my head, in my mind, I want to know if it's real if they really have a use case, if they really are going to use that data in a, in a way that is useful for the business. Because too often, it's just, yeah, but I want to know the inside just in case. Well, if you have no intention to take any specific action, I'm going to push back. Uh, to the uh, to the business leader, because there is no reason why uh, we have a lot of people working, extracting data, processing data, uh, putting a recommendation engine dashboard together, if at the end of the day, no action will be taken with the data that we provide. It's like I provide you a car, but you are never going to to drive it. Well. Yeah. Maybe I shouldn't provide you a car. That's okay. <laughs> I mean, that's okay.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I, the the episode I had with um, Katie Bauer uh, also had that kind of conversation, and so and the insight of um, what is valued is not necessarily valuable, and what is valuable is not necessarily valued. So you you kind of can end up in a little bit of a political game, but exactly what you've talked about of you, you can have that conversation and, you know, you might say, you might get to a point where you're saying, oh, this isn't very valuable. And then you kind of have to figure out how do I deprioritize this or, or do I still just have to do it and, and kind of have that, but it does give you that like, Hey, like, why don't we set what, what you're actually trying to do? You know, if, if we were talking about kind of metrics and if, you find that this is, you know, one tenth or ten x what you were expecting. What are you going to do with it? Like, what, what, what will you do with that information? And if the answer is, well, I'll just be more informed, like, well, then it's not actionable. Like, why, why should I be spending my time on things that aren't going to be actionable?
1: Yeah. Uh, also, the other uh, on the flip side, if the person realizes they're not too sure. Uh, what they are going to do, I may come up with suggestion, or I may come up with different type of information or complementary information that we can provide. So it becomes uh, actionable. So I'm going to help the business leader anyway to make it more actionable if this one is not actionable at all. So it's like I'm going to push back, but at the same time, I'm here to help
0: yeah it's it, it's again, you're not that gatekeeper. it's not a yes or a no. it's it's a um kind of a, a no but right like a, a no yeah. but like let's figure out where we could get it to to do that or you're you're you want that insight. well, we've got something that that's pretty similar. Why don't we look at that and see if that gives you kind of the insight and then we can figure out from there right of, of it's not exactly what you want but, is it going to get you, you know, 90% of the way there with no incremental work or, you know, 80% of the way there with 20% of the work or whatever that, that you can say, okay, yeah, it, it gives you a stronger foot in the negotiation. But it is, again, that collaborative negotiation of, of your, you're both just trying to drive business value. I, I like that. So, um did you have anything else you wanted to add on kind of your, your three questions or did you want to jump into kind of the uh, the data field of dreams concept that we were talking
1: about? Yes, uh, I would love to to discuss about this one because I have seen over and over again, the past, uh, maybe the past six, six seven years. Uh, the idea is, I mean, uh, talking a lot with, uh, with technical people uh they understand that the business is struggling with data so the idea is let's build a kind of data platform with more uh, open format which is provide uh, uh, better access to data etc and in such a way that if we built it they will come And then I've seen customers uh, collecting a lot of data, like terabytes of data. Sometimes terabytes of data every day. Because, well, for sure, this data must be useful to somebody. So let's make sure that we have a data platform at the end of this fiscal year. So we tick the box, and our job is done. And six months into the next fiscal year, Well, you still don't have any use case. So in fact, the data platform is not really used. So it becomes a white elephant in the room where, oh, we thought uh, if we are going to build it, uh, they are going to come. But without talking to the potential users, and it's difficult to talk to the potential users because you need to understand what they are going to do with it. (laughs) Back to the third question and you need to be able to discuss about maybe some business uh, a business challenge they got and the challenge is uh, the business leader are going to talk to you about uh, I would like to have an incremental uh, uplift of revenue uh, by customer in a specific segment of 2% and as a technical leader you are like Oh uh, yeah, okay. How <laughs> I'm going to do that? And well, uh, with data you can propose a few things, like uh, how your customers segmented. Do you know the distribution of your customers uh, in terms of revenue in every single segment, for example? And asking all those questions in order to come from a statement and work backwards from that statement and figure out what type of information could be useful to achieve that end goal. And it may be many, many steps in order to get there. But that reasoning is much more complex if you are in tech mode and uh, your boss, uh, the the management uh, chain, is pushing you to get this data platform up and running as soon as you can.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Joram from, from Nav and I think episode 37 or so said, I can build the coolest, best data platform that our developers will not want to use. Right. Like, and, and I think that that conversation, uh, you know, and you also said something that I think is really resonated with me, which was collecting data isn't that difficult, but it is costly. Right. Like <laughs> it's, it's, it's costly to store it for that well but we might use it and people are like well you can just store it in in you know cold storage in in cloud and it's really not that expensive and blah 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 but it's like but you don't know what you have and if you then do decide that you're going to to use it that cleaning it up is so expensive and and like getting it into the format that you would actually want to use it because you didn't have the intentionality around how it was stored, you, you know, you had mentioned storing to the use case, if, if you aren't storing it to the use case, that cleanup, especially when you're trying to look back, and it might be that the application that's um, generating the data has gone through three or four major revisions over this time. And so the formats aren't the same. And so trying to match that up and like, or enrich the data historically, uh, it's so insanely time consuming and expensive and one out of a thousand times, it's probably worth it. Are you willing to bet that you're going to have that, that one out of a thousand times is going to have a 1000 X return on investment?
1: Nope. <laughs> the, the other aspect, uh, that, uh, uh typical data platform uh, approach uh, as is you forget the, the window of opportunity. You assume that it's a long time project, and it doesn't matter how long does it take to build it. Well, in this world, speed matters more than anything else. So if it takes two years to build a data platform that is useful, well, you have missed a few windows of opportunity to potentially increase your revenue, increase your revenue per customer, increase your top line, or be more efficient with your even your internal processes. So it's more important to catch a window of opportunity to get potential incremental revenue, as opposed to make sure your data platform is super, super, super rock solid from the get go. That's what I would call a, a waterfall data platform, which by the time you think it's ready, well, if you look at the cloud provider, they released another 100 services, which you could use to be the same data platform in a tenth of the time uh, that it took you.
0: Yeah, I, I think there's a concept of return on investment and some people think of so uh, you know i used to work in kind of the investing world and let's say you make an investment and it returns a hundred x your money people would say that's a great investment well if it takes you know a thousand years right a hundred years a thousand years or whatever versus something that doubles your money And and it takes, you know, a year and a half or whatever. um, There's this um, concept called internal rate of return. And it's how much is, are you returning on it? How quickly, right? It it has kind of that time value of money concept. And so I think there is that opportunity cost concept that you need to to put in. Um, uh, Doran Parat, in her interview, which I think was number 68, um, had talked about that you know sometimes it's you might be able to build this way better and it might be something that's great right now but also you think about kind of the long term that the vendor is going to uh, build something that's that's where it's their main focus right so you're you might be able to build something that's more um, tied to your use case right now but let's think about how we actually want to, um, how we want to think about how we evolve the platform going forward. Do we want to have to put in all of the work all of the time? Or do we want to catch that uplift of services getting better that we're using? And 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 I think there is a balance, right? I think there are lots of times when you do want to build things yourself. And it does get kind of frustrating um, just going out and buying services, you know, where it does take a long time to integrate them you know it feels like yeah i should be able to drop in and and this thing just goes but like it, it's something where you really do want to to focus on why are we doing this does this make sense <laughs> and and you know that that are we just building for the sake of building because we think this is cool or do we have that use case so you know do we need to integrate this you know super real time capability right now when we don't have any users for it for the next six to 12 months, like let's focus on the things that matter.
1: Yeah, the other aspect uh, is as, as we play with cool technology and the technology becomes cooler and cooler or uh, hotter and hotter, depending on how you see it, um, uh, tendency in a tendency uh, in a company is to become uh, tech-oriented, and everybody is kind of a tech company at the end of the day because uh, you use technology to support your business. Uh, but let's think about your core business. Uh, if your core business is banking, uh, should you build everything yourself? And it, it's always uh, buy versus build that I have seen the past 30 years, and the equation is still not uh, solved uh, forever, so to speak, because, well, it always depends. It depends on the the period. It depends on the type of solutions you want to buy or you want to build, and some of the solutions you are going to buy because it's of the same solution, and you are not, like in banking, you are not going to build your own core banking system. Uh, so you tend to buy an off-the-shelf solution. Now, in terms of analytics, if you want to implement uh, uh, or to have a data mesh approach for a data platform that you want to implement, uh, either you, uh, you do it uh, completely uh, yourself or uh, you can also use open source, but then uh, you become the open source integrator okay so you want to compete uh, against uh, the cloud service provider good for you well uh, is it your real business so those type of questions are tricky to answer because uh, it depends yeah
0: what what is the value add here what is the value add now and and over time and and things like that um and when you are coming across people that that are kind of doing that, if you build it, they will come, or if you store the data, the value will come. Like, how have you found, what what what's an appropriate way or what's a useful way to have that conversation with them to get them to the side of let's not do that? Um, because, you know, you might know that you're right, that you shouldn't be headed down this path. But, like, we also need to figure out, like, how we have that conversation, again, in that non-combative way and that that we can we can exchange the information and and kind of move forward with what's valuable to the, the organization.
1: Uh, I might uh, jump uh, to the second question because in that case, the first question would be a little bit too harsh. Like, imagine uh, you talk to somebody who built the data platform for a year and you ask him, uh, do you know what is it for? <laughs> 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 it's a little bit harsh. Uh, I, I, I would go either to the second or a third question. Do you know how people are going to use it uh, in order to understand uh, the consumable part of the platform, uh, and which might be uh, very different uh, from one domain to another domain? Uh, if we have a data mesh, uh, data mesh approach. Because if we miss the consumable part, it's kind of, you, you, you do 90% of the work is data collection, cleaning, processing, etc. And maybe 10% if is a dashboard, for example. If you remove the dashboard, there is no solution because the customer, the consumer cannot see it. And you did 90% of the work, but 90% of the work leads to zero on a consumer standpoint. So understanding the consumable aspect of things, how people are going to consume the information we provide to them, whether it's a recommendation engine, it's a clustering algo, it's an API for developers, it's a dashboard, or just access to the data through SQL queries, is super important. Otherwise, we miss the ten percent that tick the box.
0: Unfortunately, the audio cut out here uh, on us, so it might be a bit of a awkward transition. But uh, Jean Michel is going to get back into kind of his answer to this specific question that I had previously
1: asked. So when people have, uh, for example, built a data platform for several months, it's hard to Just ask them, uh, what is it for? Because that would be very much too confrontational. So I'm always trying to get from the consumable angle Uh, and go straight to the third question. Do you know how they are going to use it? Because that leads me to understand who are the consumers and what type of format we need uh, to Uh, to provide the data to those consumers, whether it's an algorithm uh, which will be embedded in another application, like recommendation engine, a clustering algorithm, for example, or an API for developers, or a dashboard for direct consumption by business leaders, or uh, it can be uh, direct access to data through SQL queries. And I believe understanding how people are going to consume it is super, super important because that's the primary reason why we collect the data. Uh, Why we have producers who are producing the data uh, to the platform is because consumers are going to consume that data to do something about it. And that helped me to, uh, to guide. Uh, people who built a data platform to start to look for the users. And it's a journey. Uh, If somebody built a data platform for six months without talking to any user, it's difficult to suddenly wake up and, oh, by the way, uh, how they are going to use it? Do you know? Uh, No, I don't. Hmm. Uh, And the data we collected, are the right data? Uh, not sure. Well, uh, maybe it's time to talk to somebody, and it's never too late. Because the data platform, you can argue, is there. Hopefully, it has been built with a proper data governance process in place, uh, uh, data protection, all those good things, which needs to be done anyway. And that may uh, that may speed up the second part of building that data platform into a more uh, data mesh approach where you have a smooth uh, kind of transition from producers to consumers.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and I think a lot of what you're talking about as well is the data product management or or just kind of product management principles in general, having a product mindset. You know, some of it's even product marketing, right? You go out there and you and you say... Do I have a use case? Do I have consumers? I want to go out there and say, here's what we're, we're thinking about creating. Do I have consumers? Are there people who actually will consume this? Because if the answer is no, then don't do it, right? Like um, when, when we think about data, we need to make data reusable. And, but that doesn't mean that you should go out there and produce all data that could be useful right? We, we need to make it so that, that it's usable in multiple use cases. But if, if you're just focusing so much, I, f- I find this again, of this could be useful versus there's so many things that could be useful. If you've got infinite money or if could be useful might have an incredible return when you do find something that's useful, okay, then, then I, I, I get it, right? But 99.9% of the time, it's not the case. So please stop.
1: (laughs) I had a former uh, colleague uh, of mine who had this wonderful sentence. It's like buying all the tickets from the lotto in order to win. Yes, if you buy all the tickets, you are going to win. Of course, you are going to win at what price
0: yeah it's the yeah, the return on investment it's it's all of that like it's yeah what what are you actually trying to accomplish and, and if you do do this what will you accomplish i fully agree um so uh we've kind of talked about it, this interwoven throughout the entire conversation but like i'd love to to kind of get you to share your thoughts about that kind of overall data value chain. One thing that, that you, we had talked about was, you know, in, in data mesh, there's some conversation as to what exactly is a data product. Does that extend all the way through into the consumption model or not? You know, if, if it is a dashboard, like what is, is that part of the data product or not? You know, what, what are the actual output from the insights perspective are, are we kind of trying to focus on serving data so people can get to insights versus we're serving out the insights? I think that gets a little too um, nebulous and cute in a lot of ways versus, again, what are we trying to accomplish? So uh, just y- if you could give people your thoughts around what you've seen about that, like how do you actually execute towards what the outcome needs to be to drive business value. You, know, you talked about going 90% of the way, 95% of the way. But if you go 95% of the way and deliver 5% or 0% of the value, why did you do it, right? So? It,
1: it, yeah. Um, it, uh, I think it depends. Uh, I try and there is no single answer. Uh, I see the kind of raw data product has at least a data set, like, technically speaking, a denormalized data set that has all the information in it. Now, that data set as it stands will be very useful to data analysts who wants to crunch the data, access to the data uh, directly using, uh, it can be SQL, but it can be any other uh, specific language, et cetera. Then you have the business leaders uh, who wants to see that uh, same information in the data set, but they want to see in a dashboard. You could argue that the dashboard is a derived data product from the data set, because the dashboard has been built after the data set has been produced. And in fact, the data set might have been moved into uh, uh, into a data warehouse. Or be straightly accessible from the data lake using SQL, whatever, and then accessible through a dashboard. Or that same dataset becomes a training data of a specific model in order to, uh, for example, uh, cluster your uh, or se- segment your customers. So your clustering. The uh, your labeled customers that are clustered would be a derived product of that data set. So you could have this concept depending on who is consuming. The more technical people consuming, they are closer to the raw data product. The less technical consuming, they are further down the line because you need to transform the raw data product into something that is palatable by those people. Whether it's a dashboard or it can be uh, some uh, simple KPI sent by email, uh, it, it, it really can be anything. So we have on the data value chain, we have the first part is getting the raw data extracted from applications, from any uh, type of interaction into the data platform, transform into a consumable format. And in the consumable format, you have the second type of value chain, if I can say, where you start with a raw data product into potentially a derived data product, depending on who the consumers are.
0: Yeah, and and I think we talk about in Data Mesh that we want to raise everybody's data literacy, but we still, there are people who just want to consume, and they just want reports pushed at them. And in certain ways, that's bad. But in certain ways, we we still have to really think about how we serve that constituency. Because if we just leave them entirely behind, you know, we might be leaving a lot of business value out of what we're doing. So it, but it, it is, I think, you know, the consultant answer is the thing that frustrates people when they really dig into data mesh but it's the only answer that makes sense which is it depends right (laughs) like it's it's very much dependent you have to adapt you can take learnings but you have
1: to adapt things to the situation at hand and you need to be able to interpret a dashboard and to some extent do it yourself by selecting things, uh, learning how to use the tool, not to build dashboard, but at least to navigate, as opposed to sit down in a meeting, look at a PowerPoint presentation where somebody copy-paste all the visuals from a given dashboard, <laughs> which completely defeats the purpose.
0: Well, and does somebody, is somebody able to, to say, i want this insights and then they look at the the dashboard and then they they go so tell me what it says right like okay you're the one who asked for this and yet you're the one who can't interpret it like there it might be on the analytical person that they might not have have made the greatest dashboard but if you know in general i would say that's probably on the business person that that there are people who just want insights push to them. They want that consumption model. And so, you know, there uh, there's frustration around uh, still having to serve those people and that everybody, you know, does everybody need to get to a certain data literacy level or, or whatever? I think we do eventually, but um, we also, if we're leaving too many people behind, um, you're leaving that business value on the table. So it, it's a... It's a balance, but it's it's very very frustrating for data people to to deal with the people who just want the so what um, when it's like we we need you to participate in in helping us figure out the so what right of of what what data is going to be useful to you and and let's interpret it together at least not just uh, I'm going to ship you the answers.
1: Yeah, I, I try to help uh, my colleagues telling them regardless what you are going to present regardless the format you are going to present the stakeholder is going to ask you so what be prepared if you are prepared awesome yeah
0: I think that that makes sense the stakeholder will always ask you so what I think you've got a lot of, of good uh, quotes you know the you know if you if you uh, create it they uh, they will come or if you store it, value will come. And I, I really like the collecting data isn't that difficult, but it is costly. Like, yes. I really think that's that's a, a really quotable one. So um, this has been a, a really, really great conversation. Um, is there anything that we didn't cover that you think we should or is there any kind of summation any way that you'd want to kind of sum up the conversation for people to to kind of reiterate anything we we covered or or? Uh, you know, anything that you'd want to say there?
1: Yeah, I think there are uh, many other things that we can cover, but that will be for the next podcast. <laughs> uh, uh, here we were already focused on uh, getting the value, uh, getting the value for the stakeholders, and how to ask the right questions in order to get to that, or at least to get closer to some of the value um and even if if I have been in this space for a, a certain time asking those questions every day is always refreshing and it forced me as well um, to think to think through in what I'm doing uh, currently uh, i am working on a, a, a project where uh, We need to establish a relationship using kind of graph technology. And I am asking myself how the user is going to use that. And I am asking again uh, myself, what are they going to do with it? Because depending on what are they going to do, the processing logic and the dashboard we are building Will be extremely different. So, we better need to figure out how they are going to use it at the beginning of the project, as opposed to, you know, towards the end when you do the project handover to the end user. And then at that time, the end user uh, just asks one question What is it for? And that's the question they return to you.
0: <laughs> yeah. And that—that's—that's that's the horrifying question when you've put in a whole lot of work of like, okay, but like, not even the so what, but the what, well, what is this for? Like, what, why, why do we do this? It's like, ah, yeah, that 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 uh, alignment you need to to have that. I mean, a lot of people have talked about um, within data mesh when you're doing kind of your proof of value or your your initial implementation, whatever you want to call that kind of minimum viable mesh or or whatever that you really do need to find like a consumer-driven use case, right? You need to find something where there is somebody who has a need and a desire and that you can align to that and that you can build something out that's going to have value. Because if you just, again, if you just create these data products to share data, that data might have some value to somebody. But if you don't have an idea of who or how you're really going to structure that, it's, they're going to have a lot of work on their end, even to leverage it. So, um, at at best case, and and a lot of times they just aren't willing to put in that work. So you've, you've created, you've spent a lot of time and and effort on nothing. So let's avoid that if we can, but, um, well, Jean-Michel, this has been such a, uh, I think a very, very useful episode for folks, especially just popping it up to a higher level about like, how do we actually have these conversations? How do we get to these valuable context exchanges? Because, you know, a lot of what we talk in data meshes, you have to exchange these contexts. But I don't think we've had anybody on that, especially in, in such a, a simple, but not simplistic framework, you know, like a framework that that can work and that that you can really, um, and, and what are the pitfalls or what are some potential things of like, Instead of why, it's like, do you know what it's for? Not why are you doing this? And like the, the non-confrontational side. So um, if people want to follow up with you, what's the best place to do that? And, and what do you want people following up with you about in general?
1: Yeah, uh, I guess the best place is LinkedIn. Uh, they can look at my profile on LinkedIn at uh, Source Group. Uh, I'm based in Singapore, and I think I'm the very few guys who have uh, blue hair probably the only guy around who has blue hair. So they will spot my profile uh, easily. Uh, I am passionate about uh, analytics organization, helping uh, customers to to structure uh, their analytics organization, but also uh, advanced analytics like uh, machine learning, AI. Yeah, sure. Uh, if I am a business leader, I will say AI. But because I'm in tech, I will say machine learning. <laughs> Yeah,
0: I, I know that that uh, fun uh, difference is there. Really, isn't one, but there kind of is. And it, yeah, yeah. Um, well, again, thank you so much for spending the time, and and thank you everybody for listening.
1: Thank you for having me, Scott. I really appreciate it. Thank you.
0: I'd again like to thank my guest today, Jean-Michel Coyer, who is the head of the data practice at the consulting company, the Source Group. As per usual, you can find a link to his LinkedIn if you'd like to get in contact with Jean-Michel in the show notes. Thank you. Hopefully that interview episode was really useful for you. Please do consider getting in touch with guests from the show, from these episodes. Most have said they'd really love people to reach out to them. And please, as well, if you've got a minute, rate and review the podcast somewhere. It really is honestly super helpful for other people looking into kind of data podcast to kind of get this in front of them. Data Mesh Radio is again provided as a free community resource by Data Mesh Understanding. It's produced and hosted by me, Scott Herleman. In April of 2023, I left Data Stacks, who were wonderful in getting the Data Mesh community stuff started, so give them a shout for streaming and real-time AI needs. But I left to start my own industry analyst kind of information-as-a-service firm. Our offerings are affordable and you can do them on a one-off or a month-to-month basis. You know, read kind of throw it on the credit card. Don't worry about like going through purchasing and things like that. The services include lots of practitioner roundtables, you know, one-on-one data mesh kind of planning or feedback sessions and tailored introductions to other data mesh practitioners that are focused around your topics of interest. You know, what what are you actually running into challenges with? We also have some free programs around introductions and roundtables that people can kind of check out as well. Check the show notes or just go to datameshunderstanding.com for more info or helpful resources. As always, if you have suggestions for guests or topics, please do get in touch as well and have a wonderful rest of your day. Now let's hear that funky outro music.